Biden's three-part plan to tackle the coronavirus, the mass vaccinations, and opening schools. So President-elect Joe Biden, although technically legally he's not that yet, on Tuesday announced a three-part plan to combat the coronavirus pandemic in the first 100 days of his administration. Biden, speaking in his hometown of Wellington, Dell, as he formally unveiled his team of top health officials, emphasized masking, vaccinations, opening schools, and these are the three key goals for my first 100 days. And the president-elect stressed, I'm absolutely convinced that in 100 days, we can change the course of the disease and change life in America for the better. Now, before we continue, why 100 days? Right? I mean, just think about it. Like, Regardless of what you think for you know this whole situation, dealing with COVID and all that kind of stuff, right, left, middle, whatever... Why specifically 100 days? Because there was a time where we basically all locked down for like 15 days and that didn't really do anything. So it's like, I don't know what 100 days is going to do to really change that. So Biden spelled out first the first time how he would implement his mask mandate, which he previously announced for the first 100 days of his administration. The president elected explained that it would start with my signing an order on day one to require masks where I can under the law, like federal buildings, interstate travel on planes, trains, and buses. I'll also be working with the governors and mayors to do the same in their states and their cities. We're going to require masks wherever possible. Now, to me, okay, I could perfectly understand federal buildings if you want to put mass in there. Interstate travel on planes? Sure, makes sense. Trains and buses? Yeah, it makes sense. The only thing is, how are you going to enforce this? That's what I worry about with the whole mass thing. Like, to me, I don't really care too much about mass. But if a business wants someone to wear a mask so that they can continue operating without any troubles, sure, why not, right? It's like not that big of a deal kind of thing. But I don't understand how you're going to be able to like force other people who are unwilling to wear masks. And Biden urged people to help yourself, your family, and your community. Whatever your politics or point of view, mask up for 100 days after we take office. A hundred days to make a difference is not a political statement, it's a patriotic act. And again, you could kind of like read from what he's saying, right? He's not going to be able to force people to wear a mask. So what good does it do to try to like mandate something like this that's basically going to be almost impossible to enforce? So 38 states currently have mask mandates, and the dozen that don't are Alaska, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Tennessee. On vaccinations, Biden vowed that his team will help get at least 
100 million COVID-19 vaccine shots into the arms of Americans in 100 days. And this is also another thing, right? Okay, 100 million, that's about like a third of the population. But how are you going to get everyone to actually take a vaccine? Because I believe there was a poll recently where there was like 30 to 40% of people said that they will refuse to take a COVID vaccine. So how are you going to convince the majority of the population to actually take the vaccine? Because that's also something that you can't actually force people to do. Which again, this kind of brings the whole issue into this whole situation. How can you actually do that? Because look, when it goes from like state to state, it is vastly different as to how each state is ran and what they are willing to do and not willing to do, regardless of their political leanings. It's just going to be really interesting. He also noted that we will follow the, gui- the guidance of scientists and give vaccines to those most at risk. That includes healthcare personnel and people in long-term care and as soon as possible, That will include educators. And he touted that this will be the most efficient mass vaccination plan in U.S. history. Okay, I can understand doing it to basically healthcare personnel and people in long-term care as soon as possible. Because yes, they are the ones that are most at risk of actually just catching COVID and then also potentially getting harmed from it. And also with the educators, yeah, I could understand that because obviously if they have a lot of students, the younger students that probably don't really care or would be almost impossible to actually force them to actually wear a mask or anything like that, they're most likely going to have COVID and they're going to end up catching it from them. So I could kind of understand this. Like I could understand this. But again, you can't force people to do this. And as Biden was speaking in Delaware, back in the nation's capital, President Trump highlighted that the vaccines will end the pandemic and said that the country is just days away from the first safe and effective vaccine to combat COVID-19. Now, this is something that I kind of worry about with the vaccines in general is because anytime you rush something like rushing something through the FDA, plus also give basically these companies pretty much a blank check, and then also not really make them liable for whatever happens to people who end up getting it. I get a little bit worried from that because a lot of the companies, right, that are making vaccines or drugs or anything like that, guess what, have paid hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in litigation and also basically restitution to people who have been negatively affected by vaccines and drugs, right? Just take, for example, Oxycontin, right, with Purdue. Like, there's issues with all this, right? Like, you never want to give a company free reign that's like, hey, whatever happens to you, we're not going to be held liable, period, right? And there is, you know, a paper on congress.gov that actually revealed the whole paperwork that you could just check out over there at congress.gov. 
where they actually show the act that basically protects these companies from really having to face anything that might be negative with the after effects of this vaccine, which again is something that I'm a little bit hesitant of and worried about because I don't like the idea of a company having that much leeway, regardless if this is America or not. Like drug companies do do things that sure might have like a 90%, 95%, you know, good standing and nothing really happens to people, but there's still like that 5% or even just a 1%, right? Even if every, even if it was just a 1%, and let's say they were able to force 300 million plus people to actually take a vaccine, 1% of that population will still face negative effects, right? Like that's a lot of people still, right? And for something that they can't really maybe be compensated for being negatively affected by it, bothers me. The president during the vaccine summit at the White House touted Operation Warp Speed, his administration's public-private partnership that was created over the summer to create a vaccine at breakneck speed, which is true. Pointing to Trump and his administration's efforts to produce a vaccine, Biden said he gives credit everyone who has gotten us to this point, but developing the vaccine is one Herculean task and distributing it is another Herculean task. And I gotta say, forcing people to actually take it or convincing them to take it is another Herculean task. Biden noted our preliminary review of the Trump administration's vaccine distribution plan confirms the media reports. Without urgent action by this Congress this month to put sufficient resources into vaccine distribution and manufacturing, there's a real chance that after an early round of vaccinations, the effort will slow or stall. And he urged that Congress to finish the bipartisan work underway now or millions of Americans may wait months longer to get the vaccine. On schools, Biden stressed that it should be a national priority to get our kids back into school and keep them in school. And he said that if Congress provides the funding we need to protect students, educators and staff, and if states and cities put strong public health measures in place that we all follow, then my team will work to see that ma the majority of our schools can be open by the end of my first 100 days. Biden noted that he developed the three objectives in consultation with Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top expert on infectious disease and the most well-known member of the current president's coronavirus task force. Biden's tapped Fossey to be his chief medical advisor to, uh, on the coronavirus. So nearly 285,000 deaths across the country have been tied to the coronavirus since the pandemic swept the nation in February and March, with more than 15 million cases of COVID-19. Most of the country has experienced a surge in new cases and in hospitalizations over the past six weeks. Feel free to give your thoughts about this whole situation in the comments if you end up watching this. Because to me, the, Biden, the, the, the Biden's three-step plan itself doesn't sound like a bad idea. 
But again, how can you force this to work? Because you can't really, at least in my understanding, you can't force people, like enough people to actually get this to work for herd immunity. You can't convince enough people to actually do this for herd immunity from vaccines and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how this is going to really work in implementation. But again, none of these uh, suggestions are really new either. I mean, this is basically things that are, for the most part, already trying to be done. So it's also not really a clever new plan that might, you know, be coming from like left or right field and be like, oh, you know, that's something new. That might be something really creative that could potentially work. I mean, this is kind of like a common sense approach. But again, can you convince people to actually follow along with it? I mean, with a country of 300 million plus people, states that act very different from one another with different cultures, different communities, I think it's going to be pretty hard for something like this to actually work. Elon Musk confirms, yes, I have moved to Texas. Elon Musk said Tuesday that while SpaceX and Tesla maintain major operations in California today, he has personally moved to Texas. If a team has been winning for too long, they do tend to get a little complacent, a little entitled, and then they don't win the championship anymore. California has been winning for too long, Musk said at the Wall Street Journal CEO Council Summit, repeating an analogy he has used many times before to express his displeasure with California's regulatory environment. Musk, who has clashed with regulators in Fremont, California this year and in Brandenburg, Germany this week, said he views government as monopoly that cannot go bankrupt. He also said regulations are immortal and that government should think more about removing them, not just making new rules. Like Musk, President Donald Trump promoted the idea of reducing regulation with an executive order he signed in 2017, directing federal agencies to repeal two existing regulations for every new one they put in place. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO said what government should do for business is just get out of the way. Asked directly if he had moved away from California, Musk gave a long preface to his answer. First of all, Tesla and SpaceX obviously have massive operations in California. In fact, it's worth noting that Tesla is the last car company still manufacturing cars in California. SpaceX is the last aerospace company still doing significant manufacturing in California, he said. So, there used to be over a dozen car plants in California. And California used to be the center of aerospace manufacturing. My companies are the last two left. That's a very important point to make. I agree. Then he confirmed, for myself... Yes, I have moved to Texas. Musk also remarked that while California is great in some ways, he thinks that Silicon Valley and the San Francisco Bay Area have 
outsized influence in the world that will likely be reduced as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, which has driven some investors and executives out of the state and forced companies to figure out how to manage a remote workforce. However, must noted, social media is still very much centered in Silicon Valley. We need to be concerned about mind viruses. You know, just memes that travel very quickly through social media that may or may not be correct. He qualified that with a nod to free speech, saying, We want to encourage a healthy dialogue. If there's someone out there who wants to shut down one side of a debate or the other, we should resist that. CNBC reported last week that Musk told friends he intended to relocate to Texas and was already spending time there. Musk, the world's second wealthiest person behind Amazon's Jeff Bezos, spends most of his time in Texas between Austin, where Tesla and his tunnel startup Boring Company have operations, and a coastal village called Boca Chica, home to a SpaceX facility. SpaceX started operating in Texas in 2003. The move makes Musk part of a broader tech exodus from Silicon Valley. With many executives and venture capitalists moving to Texas, it could also save Musk billions of dollars in taxes. The CEO's pay package approved by Tesla board and shareholders in 2018 means he's getting significant stock awards based on Tesla's market cap increases and hitting financial targets. Feel free to give your thoughts as to this whole situation. And to me, it makes perfect sense why he would move. And I think it's very foolish for California to have been so difficult with him when he had one of the largest companies, especially manufacturing companies within that state. Because if he does take, you know, SpaceX and Tesla completely out of California to Texas, California is going to lose a lot of money and a lot of jobs. I mean, they're already losing a crazy amount of money and they're already losing a crazy amount of jobs, so much so that they were so tempted to actually do a wealth tax on the super rich there, right? And again... California, like Elon said, is basically a team that has always kept winning regardless of the players that they put in there, right? So they could have really horrendous players, but they end up keep winning. And basically, he basically means, you know, the whole left side, left side politically, right? And I agree, you need to have like a turnover here and there to kind of miss, like mix and match and basically get different kind of like viewpoints out of this whole situation because if you notice if a state is basically super one side typically they are not really doing well like net wise right on the grand scale of the state's infrastructure and outcomes daily outcomes monthly outcomes if they lean too much to one side, it's a pretty big issue. It needs to be more in the middle, more blended, because obviously nothing is 
black or white, as in like cut and dry. It's basically like this gray middle area where it's like everything's kind of mixed together. And you get to pick what's really best in that specific situation, which doesn't really happen unless say California's case. Because if they did, they would have solved the homeless issue. I'm not saying, you know, Texas has solved the homeless issue. They also have a homelessness issue. But it's just really what you think about it. It's like you got to always try to be better and do the best thing for the specific problem that's in front of you. Bitcoin exchange founder sentenced to prison for money laundering. Alexander Vinik, the Russian man who founded and ran the now defunct Bitcoin exchange service BTCE, has been sentenced to five years in prison. A Paris court has found Vinik guilty of money laundering and has ordered him to pay $121,000 in fines. The Nick was arrested in Greece back in 2017 under an international warrant issued by the U.S. Department of Justice and was extradited to France earlier this year. The Justice Department accused the Nick of operating BTCE as a front for a massive money laundering operation that accepted stolen funds from cyber attacks. Security firm was sec previously linked his private BTCE accounts to funds stolen from Mt. Gox. If you recall, around $480 million worth of Bitcoins disappeared from the exchange service back in 2014 due to, as Mt. Gox CEO Mark Carpelles called them, weaknesses in the system. The U.S. DOJ charged Vinick with 17 counts of laundering, up to $4 billion since the exchange was founded in 2011. Meanwhile, French prosecutors charged him for extortion, conspiracy, and harming automatic data processing systems, and French authorities believe he helped create the ransomware Lockheed, which was spread through email and was used to attack French businesses and organizations between 2016 and 2018. At least 20 entities in the country ended up paying ransom money in Bitcoin to get their networks freed. Vinick's side argued in court that he was only a technical operator carrying out instructions from BTCE's directors. While the court still ended up convicting him for money laundering, it's hardly the worst case scenario for Vinick. According to ZDNet, French prosecutors were only able to prove one of the 14 charges brought against him, and it wasn't the one involving Lockie. That means he was able to avoid the 10-year sentence and the $750,000 euro fine, I said dollar, but like euro fine, the prosecutors had requested. Which is pretty crazy when you really think about it. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot to pay in fines. And that's a lot of time in a prison. Feel free to give your thoughts about this whole situation. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. And do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Get a free stock worth up to $500 by joining Robinhood and linking a bank account. 
and automate your investing with Acorns down in the description below.